uh, because it's set right after the Civil War, the number of racists you get to kill in this game is very satisfying. Oh, so many. I... Oh my god, when the when the clan rallies that you can shoot up are happening, man, there's nothing better than throwing a fire bottle into a crowd of hooded white supremacists and watching them burn. Oh man, I love that. I absolutely love that. And living your best Quentin Tarantino fantasies. Well, there's the guy in Saint Denis who's the who's selling the book and who's the eugenics enthusiast. Every time I go by, I punch him in the face. <laughs> oh yeah i never no hesitation that. i should do that oh yeah yeah you can shove him up against the wall and punch him in the face it's great it's great uh, you know yeah the amount of like damage you get to do to to racists in that game is very very gratifying you are all weirdos Hello, weirdos. Hello, weirdos. Hello, weirdos. I'm Bailey. I'm Stan. And I'm Thomas. And you are all weirdos. Um, We've got uh, a very exciting episode for you this week. Uh, We are going to play a round of Did You Get the Thing I Sent You? We're going to talk a little Red Dead Redemption... And all kinds of other fun things. Boobs. <laughs> hippo boobs. Hippo boobs. Dang it. Red dead hippo That's boobs. What I should have yelled. <laughs> I would. I would hate to have to look at your browser history. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that? There are some doors that just don't need to be opened. Well, that's <laughs> the nice clay routine. No, no, no. Hey, 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 forget about Hey-o. it. Hey-o. Forget about it. Little All Miss right. Muffet. So I, I, I was talking to this broad the other day. Uh, I said, uh, come come here, sit on my lap. We'll talk about the first things that pops up. hey I feel like that's exactly the type of off-color joke that uh, Chuck E. Cheese would have gone for at some point if they had kept the original Jersey insult comic shtick of of Chuck E. Cheese, right? Uh. We'll we'll get into the segment here. So, um, (laughs) yeah, this is uh, Cat's Out of the Bag. It's my uh, turn on Did You Get the Thing I Sent You This Week? I decided to share with you guys a clip uh, that has been making its rounds uh, on the interwebs uh, it's recently had a resurgence, even though I think it actually uh, aired about two years ago. But uh, it is a clip of John Oliver's last week tonight talking about the absurd history of Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, and we'll put the link uh, to the video of it in the episode description if anybody wants to check that out uh, and then listen to this. Um, but uh, I chose this uh, pick for you guys for a variety uh, of reasons, not the least of which is... Uh, sort of the fascinating uh, backstory of commerce and intrigue and uh, parents breaking out in fights at a Chuck E. Cheese uh, that are covered in this. 
but let me let me ask the two of you. Uh, did either of you ever go to Chuck E. Cheese when you were a kid? Was that a thing for you guys? Um, he, I rem- there was one in San Bruno that I went to a couple of times. Okay. Um, okay. I remember going as like a teenager or like a twenty-year-old. I think I, I think I was just old enough to drink, and me and a few of our people went to just screw around at Chuck E. Cheese and drink beer. Le- and legally? Sa- legally, yeah. We were like, we're going to go uh, okay. do the- yeah, So you weren't no. a teenager at that point. No, I- no, important no, no, no. distinction here, because yeah. you're like, oh yeah, I went as a teenager about when I was able to drink. It's like, okay, do you mean... <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese doesn't need us coming for their liquor license, man. That's, oh, that's fair. No, I, yeah. I, was, I was just legal enough to drink, and like, we were bored one day. And decided to go to Chuck E. Cheese, and it was the saddest place ever. Like half the oh games were broken. Like they didn't even have the band playing. <laughs> oh man! It was it was the, the saddest. Like uh, who's that playwright? Edward Albee. Like it was an Edward <laughs> Albee play. <laughs> the decrepit, broke down fun center Dark. on the side of the highway. Yes. Yes. Dark. Oh my god! So I think I went to. <laughs> I think I went to Chuck E. Cheese twice um, in life. I, I I think I went once as a kid at, to a party. Maybe um, I mm-hmm. I definitely went once as <clears throat> I definitely went once in my twenties to like a friend's kids party. Dropped off a toy. Felt weird that none of the games worked. <laughs> and felt really not interested in attempting to eat what they were calling pizza. Yeah. Um, so I left. I left the party early after dropping off a, gi- uh, a gift, and I went and like had pizza at a pizza place. Yeah. At a different pizza place that's not Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I, I, Chuck E. Cheese is not a pizza place. It might fair, be fair. founded around the idea of pizza. But none of no none of us are calling that a pizza place. It's you don't an arcade think, that serves food. Let's be real. Uh, uh, honestly, that's, <laughs> that's not fair. their that's not even their marketing is to be a pizza place, right? Like their marketing and Sean Oliver did do a good job discussing it. Uh, it it involved many a things, but pizza was a byproduct of their <laughs> real product. You know, the fact pizza that was they, just had to say we don't recycle pizza you've already lost <laughs> well it's sort of like uh it's like how communism was a red herring in clue you know pizza's a red herring in chuck e cheese right <laughs> <laughs> okay so I, I true story i have never been to chuck e cheese not once uh so consider when, yourself you know, lucky i'd say i, I feel <laughs> like i may have dodged a bullet here I definitely went to some of the derivatives, sort of the copycats of Chuck E. Cheese. Mm. But growing up where I did, there was not a Chuck E. Cheese in the city. There was not one that was like right in the immediate area. There was one down the peninsula in San Bruno. I think there was one in Fremont, if I recall correctly. Um, That sounds right. But yeah, there was. Yeah. And again, just a reminder, I talked about this uh, on one of our earlier episodes. But, you know, again, when you're raised to falsely believe that you have celiac disease, your mom has a great excuse to not take you to kids pizza parties. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's 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 messed up. Um, 
Did you have an equivalent, though, when you were a kid? Because for me, I didn't go to Chuck E. Cheese, but there was this weird place that existed in the city that was basically an indoor play pin called The Jungle. Oh, The and Jungle was amazing. Are you kidding me? Jungle thank you. Was... Yeah. Nice. There was The Jungle in the city, and then um, did you ever go to Discovery Zone? That was the other Yes! Part. Only once, only <laughs> once. I had, I, I had many a birthday at Discovery Zone. That place no was kidding. the jam. The jungle was like the ripoff cousin of Discovery Zone. Oh, well, the, ju- <laughs> the, the jungle's what we could afford. <laughs> it was in I the did, middle of the city, too, yeah. like so you could like get there easy. Yeah. Well, the best part about the jungle uh, when I was a summer camp counselor, where we'd take the, you know, when I was a nice. kid, it was it was like all about the playpen and the, you know, structure and blah, blah, blah. But then when I was a summer camp counselor, I realized what was great about that place was they had a room that you can just turn off in, right? Like they had like some news program going on. You could just throw the kids over there and just be like, I need a break. And like, I think was that's that like the, the discovery zone. Oh yeah, like wasn't the, that the what they had on Chuck E. Cheese? The room for the moms to watch soap operas at the exactly. uh, at the competitor Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, exactly. That, exactly. Everybody needs a parent I, room. Yeah, you just need like I don't even know. Remember, it might have been like Judge Wapner playing on the like TV or whatever. Wapner. Like whatever was on. Uh, watch Wapner four o'clock. But just having that moment of like I don't need to deal with kids for like twenty minutes. Oh. This is great. <laughs> you have no idea how much I longed for this when my kid was of that age. But uh, places are all different for her. But so when I, because I'm a little bit older than you guys, so when I was uh, a kid, the the two places that were really popular for like kids' birthday parties were both out at Ceremony. Um, but there was a place called Farrell's, okay. which was an ice cream parlor. Uh, it was like Chuck E. Cheese without the animatronics, but a huge arcade, uh, and that was the place. If you had a party at Farrell's, man, you were oh. You were the king of the classroom, you know? I very nice. vaguely remember the name. I don't think I ever went to Farrell's. Yeah. The other one was, the other was one? Uh, a Chuck E. Cheese copycat called Pizza and Pipes that was famous for having a gigantic pipe organ uh, in the place that, like, they would play. And Not where my mind went. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Sounds like something it's not. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Pizza and pipes sounds like a very grown-up evening. I will, I will be the first to admit to that. Sounds um, like many but, an evening uh, I spent. Pipe in a ham hocks, man. Bong and a blitz. Schmuck and a pancake. <laughs> Exactly. The pizza was all right at Pizza and Pipes. I do, I do recall that. But um, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. You remember the proper arcade that took up space down at Fisherman's Wharf for forever. Oh, Do you hell yes. When there was a proper arcade down there. I loved it. It was cheap then. If you if you had five bucks you oh, could yeah. spend the day in that arcade. Oh absolutely. It was oh, yeah. excellent. Top notch arcading. Did you guys ever hang out at like the quarter arcade? The Museum yeah. of Unique? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That place is great. <laughs> that place is so yeah. weird. Uh, in, until I, I'm old in, enough to remember when some of those hit. things were out at the Cliff House. <laughs> oh, man. I'm uh, old. They... 
there's a fundamental thing that is at the heart of this John Oliver video, and I want to pose this question to the both of you and get your perspective, okay? He points out that there is a rot at the heart of Chuck E. Cheese, a darkness that is foundational to the existence of Chuck E. Cheese. And I want to know, given that there are things out there such as Five Nights at Freddy's, which my daughter is obsessed with, and if you're not familiar with that, that is a dark, sick, twisted video game. It's a horror video game that takes place inside a de facto Chuck E. Cheese. Um, FNAF. Which I think... Yeah, which taps into that darkness, right? So, mm-hmm. Santa Thomas, any thoughts on on the rot at the heart of Chuck E. Cheese and what it stems from? The rot just... At the heart. Just the very existence of it is so fundamentally evil. <laughs> I don't know if it's evil. I, I think it's more drug-fueled. <laughs> It is modeled after the circuses in Rome, to be fair. So we, yeah. we sort of take it from that perspective. Really, what, what are the Chuck E. Cheese... Really, Chuck E. Cheese is one of the better examples of how capitalism works in this country. See, he, he got investors to spend their money on his idea after he inv- he invested in himself and when i say invested in himself i mean into an animatronic mouse and a soulless robotic creature that is there to bring people in to spend money do we need to serve them pizza no do we need to make sure that the games they're coming to play work? Fuck no. it. So why would this not be just the greatest, at its core, the greatest example of fundamental capitalism in America? The broken down Chuck E. Cheese is the great uh, example of late stage capitalism. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it I mean, is. Yes. <laughs> A- 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 including uh, including having a policy to make sure when you're throwing away all of the closed down Chuck E. Cheese memorabilia, you have to destroy the heads of the rat. <laughs> Can I tell you, I, you love say- I love that when a Chuck E. Cheese closes, you have to smash the head and I assume destroy the Chuck E. Cheese costume just because... Man, there's some freaks out there. Can you imagine how prized a Chuck E. Cheese costume is to the wrong people? I'm just saying. Well, and and there's some intelligent weirdos out there who would just make the animatronics work again. And now you got now you got shout out to the weirdos who put together. Shout out to the the weirdos who put together the entire functional band to do yes, yes, to create ushers loving this club. See, that's what I would love to see more of with, like, Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, you could get weird with it, for sure, but, like, having the ability to play around with those animatronics and, like, the weird shit that you could get Chuck E. Cheese to say would be amazing. But I get well, why they, they uh, want to prevent that from at, at, at a programming level, it's the same style of effort that it takes to get 
lights to dance to the rhythm of the song you're playing, right? Like right. you with the we we had I got to go past like a Christmas lights display that literally tells you what radio station it's programmed to and you turn <laughs> on to that radio station and you can see the lights are just dancing to the beat and there's little like pattern places like it you can assign the high notes over here and the low notes over there so you assign chucky usher's lines and then you assign everybody else like that is awesome and like for the people who are able to do that it would be pretty simple so like yeah i i i totally understand how somebody who's closing all their Chuck E. cheese locations are like and we have to we have to make sure that they don't they don't make us look <laughs> anything like we don't want to look. We do not recycle our pizza and make sure you destroy those rat heads. <laughs> my uh, my wife used to work with a couple of dudes. My wife used to work with a couple of dudes who were super into the Rockafire Explosion videos that were out there of all the different songs that have been put together that the full piece uh, animatronic band will play to. Uh, and they actually looked into trying to acquire some of those animatronics. They are incredibly rare, hard to find, and very, very expensive, as I'm sure you can imagine. Oh, I bet. Uh, but seriously, the creative geniuses who have put together the the, the YouTube videos that are out there are, are making the world a weirder place, and we really salute them for that. Um, one of the things um, that they showed was that ver that uh, employee video that went out where they had to show how to convert the animatronics when they lost the rights to the Rockafire explosion after the acquisition. Uh, and the stripping of the animatronics was something that uh, a little disturbing. I'm not going to lie. Um, Stan, I want to ask you, because you've done so much theatrical production in your career. Have you ever had something uh -huh. that was like set and built that all of a sudden you had to make a major change to like that? Um, well, I can tell you, I did have a, I did have a, uh, show in college that, uh, almost killed some actors on stage. Dear God! <laughs> yeah. Go yeah. on. <laughs> uh -oh. Can't leave us hanging with that. Um, Go on. So, there was this production of Don, not Don Quixote, Don Ramon? The, the, like, really sexy man, Don Ramon, I think. Don Juan. Um, Don Juan. Don, Don Juan. Juan. Thank you. Um, and uh, the director decided to have uh, the set fall apart, quote-unquote, um, every single night, right? And so there was, you know, the back set piece, did the Buster Keaton thing around a chair and, like, fell forward, Um a light came in, you know, uh, the chandelier crashed, quote unquote, like all this, oh all this stuff falling apart on purpose. Right. And we practiced the hell out of it. And, um, we, it was, it was crazy hard work, but we got it to work. Sometimes, uh, the stuff didn't go off in order, but it was fine. Right. Like no major issues until we get to the second to last night one of the guide wires wasn't connected correctly. So oh, no. uh, the set piece that's just supposed to fall straight down and stop ended up falling straight down and twisting itself to where it almost swiped an actor uh, inadvertently. Um, oh, no. 
the it caught on something else that pulled like some lights down like it was horrifying to watch on stage having seen black swab yeah it was like because because us in the back we've seen how this is supposed to happen every single night and it is not happening in the correct order and it was Thank, I mean, the actors, thank God, they, they made it look good, but, like, god damn, we could have Dude. damn near killed somebody on stage. And, like, That's terrifying. we ended up, it was so crazy. And then the worst thing was, the only people that could stay after were, like, me, one of, two other people, and, like, we had to call in the technical director on her day off to, like, reset and refix all of the things we were there till like four o'clock in the morning trying to oh fix my god the set for one for one last show <laughs> wow it was did the show go on were you able to put it together i mean oh yeah we put it together it was for a sunday matinee too i was just like just fucking cancel the show why are we still oh here god. for a sunday matinee but oh my god it was terrifying that was the that was the yeah anyway <laughs> that's nuts that's nuts um all right thank you for sharing that um i want to get into just for the sake of time i want to get into some of the uh the character backstories that exist in the Chuck E. cheese canon you know i mean because we talk oh, about yeah. like for example there was um we had an animatronic hippo uh whose boobs would shake when she hit the high <laughs> <laughs> talked in great detail about the level of horniness it would take to instruct an engineering team to oh build my more gosh. structural bounce <laughs> we need more jiggle of the hippo tits the I am not a hypocrite I just need <laughs> hippo tits I need hippo tits <laughs> And just, just to quote John Oliver, he said, after the creator of this said, what have I done? He said, well, actually, it's quite simple. You've turned one of the deadliest animals on Earth into a performer at your casino and titty bar for children. <laughs> <laughs> Which could ridiculous. not be more true. <laughs> what, I have also, I done? what I think is also ridiculous is, I mean, they had an idiot dog who was shadowed by confederate flags playing a banjo can you even imagine trying i mean there's yeah. an institutional mean, level of trauma that was inflicted by Chuck E. cheese on children oh, in the absolutely. 70s my god but but lest we I'd forget be... this was also the era of the dukes of hazard like it was yeah. kind of just it, yeah I... I'd be curious how commonplace a Confederate flag character was at that time. Um, So good point, Stan. (laughs) Let me just put this out there. Yeah. Um, Can we talk about John Schneider for just one second and how ridiculous... I don't know if you guys, if this was on your radar. John Schneider was a contestant on the last season of The Masked Singer. Um, and he dedicated all of his performances to his wife, who had recently passed away. And he actually showed some really incredible stuff. It was very heartfelt performances. Uh, you know, he actually does have a Broadway theater background. This was something that could have opened up a lot of career opportunities for him. If I'm being perfectly honest, he was so good. He made the finale of The Masked Singer. He was revealed. And then the day after it aired, he called on President Biden to be put to death for treason on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, Holy he shit. took 
his shine and his newfound like audience and just went there instead of trying to remind like, me get which one he played. Uh, he was Bo Duke, he blonde. He was oh, the blonde, so he's the Bo Duke. God damn it. Yep. God damn it, Bo. I know. <laughs> and the funny thing is, Tom Wopat is also, I mean, Luke Duke was also a really good uh, singer. He also has a Broadway background, but yeah, you'd never know it from watching Dukes of Hazard. But anyway, yeah, so sidebar. Question there. for you both. Question for you both. Sure. Did either sure. of you play the Dukes of Hazard game on, like, PlayStation? I remember it existing, and I remember there were General Lee car jumps. I never actually played it, though. Oh, it was... It was tied to the movie my, that came out, right? It was, like, tied to the movie version that came out with Jessica no, Simpson, No, no, right? no, no, no. It was way before that. No, PlayStation 1, that. yeah. Yeah. I, I, oh, remember, no I remember the game. I remember the game. I don't remember playing it. I think I played uh, some version of Cruise America. Um, that like some it, Cruise America style car driving game. I had that. I had uh, the Kobe Bryant basketball game. Nice. No, you know what? You did. I'm bugging. Uh, of course I did. But I had Sega. That's why I couldn't play that one. I had oh, I had to gotcha. play other games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. My brother got it, and it was right around the time we because it was always on at like seven o'clock, like three o'clock in the afternoon or something and we'd catch oh it like after school uh so my brother got it and i was like it's like playing an episode of dukes of hazard it's perfect it's like just enough plot to get from one driving level to another driving level <laughs> you gotta remember i'm of the age where i can remember watching new episodes of dukes of hazard first run new episodes on friday nights as a kid so like yeah it was it was a foundational childhood thing with i didn't understand the context of it obviously yeah um it's it's amazing when you go back and think that that was actually the hit that it was yeah um but I want I want to get back to um, some of the other characters from the Chuck E. Cheese universe before we get too far off on a tangent about Dukes of Hazard. But I do want to talk about they had the um, the chef who could best be described as illegally Italian, <laughs> which I know, think if you're gonna do, I think that was my favorite. If you're gonna do racist tropes, I love that Oliver coined the phrase, "Hey, that's a spicy hate to crime," uh, which aye, is, aye, is aye. applicable. I don't know if you caught it, but when they talk about the section where um, uh, Chuck E. Cheese is operating a fake restaurant on the order apps on like the Grubhub Diner Dash, and it's called uh, Pasquale's, which is of course the name of Pasquale's. the racist caricature Italian chef drummer. Not to be confused. Not to be confused. San Francisco. Yep. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Shout out to you guys. Zero G's. You're legit. We love you. Amazing. <laughs> yes. They spell it. They spell uh, it different. They, they do. They do. Um, right. Right. The other thing is, towards the end of the video, I, I want to talk about Nolan Bushnell, the founder of Chuck E. Cheese, who of course had made Atari money and was you know a tech executive. He's at that tech conference and he says, "You won't believe the weird stuff people do in a Chuck E. Cheese costume, <laughs> or what I, they do you know in what? the changing room." I am room. not surprised. You got a bunch the of fat ass teenagers. But the working. fact that the fact that he takes the the awkward pause. Right after he's like, "Oh, you wouldn't believe yeah. what they do in the suits." <laughs> then he takes this awkward pause and he's like, "Or in the changing room, what? 
All right. Now, I, I'm not one to kink shame anybody, okay? But there's clearly an entire subculture of Chuck E. Cheese employees who have fucked in the changing room for the rat. And that's just something that really... Furry's like, got to come from somewhere. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm just going to ask. I just, all right? And again, I love the no idea of Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> being the, the derivative uh, the foundation of of that subsect right? of culture. Oh that might God. be a little bit of a chicken or the egg situation if we're being completely honest here. You know what? You know what? You got a good well, theory there, Bailey. So this. You know this, what else? This, 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 Bacock. Tell me. <laughs> so I'm just going to ask this question of the both of you, and again, no yes. shame here. Have you ever encountered a pack of furries in the wild in public? Has this ever? Have you ever been around this? Because let me tell you, Dude, I have. I'm from San Francisco. I'm from San Francisco. This is a this like, is a casual question. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like I think the question is when was the last time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will tell you exactly where it was at the Paramount Theater in Oakland. Um, oh, nice. On stage, the Flaming Lips brought an entire group of <laughs> furries out on stage. And there were furry buddies in the audience in costume. It was one of the weirdest shows I've ever seen in my life. Um, Did you dance with anyone and end up with, like, purple velour left on your shirt? No, no, I'm I'm not nearly that fabulous. No, I I was there with my wife though, and we had a great time. <laughs> my favorite thing though, and I do want to close on this, <laughs> is how they close with Nihilus Steamboat Willie. I mean, that's really you know coming out there. Yeah. Telling the kids how terrible they really are for their birthdays. Well, I love how his catchphrase is "Where Shelly." <laughs> 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 we're not going to talk what? about Scientology right now oh god oh, okay. don't make me do this um, at some point when we do talk about Scientology I will thoroughly enjoy guys. telling you about um, when I used to take all of my theater classmates over to the Church of Scientology and oh, no. we'd, we'd have a game of say yes and <laughs> oh no! What? To be to be continued at to a later date. We're gonna we're gonna get the whole story on a future episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna clip that. Um, That'll be good. Okay. Last thing. Let me ask you a question, uh, Bales. They had all of those characters, all of the like stuff. I was I, I, I enjoyed the clip after you sent it in particular with John Oliver starting by going if you think I'm not about to spend the next 25 minutes talking about Chuck E. Cheese you're wrong I really am about to spend 25 minutes and the breakdown went by so quickly and he was having <laughs> yeah. such a blast with telling the, the facts and the jokes but he was so much giddier every time he was about to just drop a fact. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and that was a really fun clip. Uh, why'd you choose this? 
Uh, for a couple different reasons. One, because it is something that just totally works my brain on so many different levels because there is the whole, <laughs> it's a restaurant, it's entertainment, there's business aspects, there's animatronics and weird characters, which everyone knows I'm a sucker for. You know, I mean, again, I'm mm -hmm. somebody who's like, I, I like to joke that I'm part Muppet. You know, so something like this is something that just totally appeals to me. Uh, you know, it gets, gets that brain working on so many different levels. So that's, that's why I wanted to share it uh, with the group. Also, I, I think that this entire piece begs one really important question, if you really think about it, which is how much intellectual property and an entire IP universe came into creation simply because a guy ordered the wrong costume? This whole thing was supposed to be coyote pizza. He orders what is actually a rat costume, has to reinvent the whole uh, creative on it, and now we've got what started as an insult comic, you know, from New Jersey, you know, heckling these kids. And by the way, I do want to point out, he called him a fruitcake dog, and I'm just, no one uses the term fruitcake as an insult anymore, and it's, yeah, it's kind of a homophobic word, but it's also yeah. kind of a lost insult to time. You know, nutty is a fruitcake. I mean, no one says that. That's a dated expression, but it's a very dated I don't know. expression. I <laughs> could any could could you bring back the word fruitcake uh, and not make it only uh, if a homophobic only word? if it's coupled with bringing back fruitcake, and nobody wants fruit. Cake I was gonna say back. you could probably get away with it during the holidays. Like maybe. Okay. Maybe right. when it's fruit cake. Alright, that's season. gonna be that is gonna be your assignment this holiday season. The both of you have to use the <laughs> word fruitcake as an insult. IRL, not on the pod, IRL, and then tell the pod about it. Looking forward to that for next holiday season. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll put that on absolutely. my holiday yeah. to do's. Yeah, I'll get right all that, Bailey. <laughs> There you go. I'll do it on and the thirty-second uh, of November. <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing I want to put out there is, you know, uh, it, Chuck E. Cheese as a business, they did retire the animatronic band, and they sort of did a whole new creative on Chuck E. Cheese. They effectively retconned the corporate mascot and put out that whole mm -hmm. like children's book with a new origin story where he's an orphan from Saint Marinera's orphanage. Um, which is a pretty ridiculous retcon. Um, but hey, the marketing department's got to do something for a dying business, right? Um, do you guys have any examples of just absolutely ridiculous retcons or favorite retcons that you want to just submit into canon? Um, there was... Well, I remember... I feel like Battlestar Galactica had, had some really bad retcon issues. Um, <laughs> just cause like they had to, you know, they they did the same thing that they did with Lost, and like they did a bunch of setups, but didn't know how to yeah. pay them off, and wrote like, themselves into corners. Wrote themselves into corners. That's what I always assume a retcon is. Is just like when <laughs> when somebody is trying to write themselves out of a sticky situation, they put themselves in. Season six of Lost, it's not a full retcon, but it's a big bait and switch. I could go off yeah, for days this is about, what I hear. about that. I have never oh, did you not make it that far? Lost. No, I've never actually really? watched the show. Yeah. You know, I've One never seen... Well, I'll tell you something. Okay. I've never seen Battlestar Galactica. 
Are you, here's the thing, are you like a, a, a Star Trek fan? Like I like Star I Trek. I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> I am more Star Wars than Star Trek, but yes, I okay. like Star Trek. Like, so Tim kind of point. my husband pointed out to me uh, that um, Battlestar Galactica is kind of like the almost grittier, little bit more realistic version of Next Generation. So if you're into that kind of stuff, you can kind of see the progression. And then you go to the very extreme version of The Expanse from there. But I don't think y'all know what The Expanse is. I tried The Expanse and it was too expansive. I just, I couldn't Uh, keep track of it. It was, that show felt like homework. Remember the can't! I'm going to leave that Sorry, in for the Expanse fans out there. That's all right. Yeah. That's all right. Us. There are dozens of us, okay? Dozens. <laughs> you and Uncle Pauly. You and Uncle Pauly. <laughs> all right. Uh, Thomas, so, do you have any retcons you want to put out there? Yeah. Well, as a wrestling fan, I exist with an acceptance of that being a, a regular oh, in my entertainment history. That's true. Uh, that being that being said, if I were to pick my favorite, it would be, uh, and this is a dark one. And if you're not a wrestling fan, you're not going to get it, and it's not for you. So oh, don't okay. complain I'll just turn about off the it right now. Uh, well, <laughs> you'll get to laugh at this. You'll understand this a little a, a bit, Stan. Okay. I, I I know because this is a wrestler that you do happen to know. The Rewriting of okayness from Hulk Hogan being one of the greats of wrestling. That retcon can go fuck off. <laughs> what now? Hey. What do you mean by rewriting? Like, have they have they like tried to change his like? What what, what do you mean by that? Hogan was a selfish prick always and forever with some yeah. moments of um you know some yeah. uh some a few redeeming moments that people like to well that that WWE likes to make money um off of, of. he's a great and, and and so for all that he did to be an american superhero quote unquote um, it was so far off of what he was being. Okay. Uh, and I despise that after he... There's been several times in real life where he's been exposed for being an asshole or a racist mm-hmm. or uh, a, a steroid user, etc., uh, etc. Et and... Every time there's a little opportunity to be like, hey, do you remember the American hero, the leader of Hulkamania? And it's so annoying because he's not even fucking good. No. So you're talking so about like, early 90s like, Hogan. You're not talking about like recent Hulk Hogan. Well, they're no, doing 80s, it recently. That's 80s Hogan. A, a, okay. 80s Hogan into the mid 90s. And then through the mid-90s, he did some rebranding, and he embraced some of the, like, bad shit that was coming out of him. And so he monetized the reputation shift. 
in a way that then allowed uh, his next rebrand to make him look like a hero again. But at that time, the internet's getting bigger, social media is starting mm-hmm. to become uh, like on the edge. Yeah, so uh, in a nutshell, I hate that wrestling history continues to like try and go back after they erase some shit about Hulk Hogan and write kind of an asshole. Then they go back and they're like, let's erase that and see if we can rebrand it like uh, Spunky. And they just like, uh, we can tell... We can tell wrestling the spunky history. spunky 24-inch pythons. <laughs> well, let me tell you something, brother. I made my life based on stupid Americans who like to hear the word America, brother. Oh, my God. Let me tell you something, Bald brother. And blonde. I might have had a sex tape that got me in a lot of trouble. But the amazing thing about that, brother, is that the sex tape takes a back seat to the casual racism. America, brother! Yeah, fuck now, that I can't guy. Believe, I cannot believe I'm about to say this. I cannot believe I'm, I'm about a snooker fan. You've put me in the place where I now have to say, uh, in defense of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> nope. 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 <laughs> Look, nope, and that's the segment. Disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> to quote the late great Gorilla Monsoon, Hogan didn't know a wrist lock from a wristwatch, and that's absolutely true. He was not a good wrestler. But oh, I gave so sold... much to the business. No, the man sold tickets. The man sold out arenas, and to his credit, to his credit, he is one of the best at working a live crowd that you will ever see in the business. And you can't take Are that you insane, bro? I He's a Hall I, of Fame that, backstage That part he, That part Okay, that I'll agree with. But people act he like he was some gift on the he he drew money but how he did it anyway, whatever. We're I, I, yeah. we're not here to You <laughs> asked me what my favorite yeah. retcon was. That's it. You then decided to rile me up with some Hulk defending bullshit. Ooh, uh, Thomas good, is getting heated, brother. Good, good Chuck E. Cheese segment, though. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I could I could do an entire episode about the decision to turn Hulk Hogan into a bad guy, but that's that is a long, long episode. Um, that was the best so, fucking Hogan uh, ever. Are you kidding me? And he was carried by Razor Ramon and Big Sexy. Anyway. Whatever. Let's move. (laughs) We'll save that for another time. All right. Anyway, so that was... Fuck uh, you, Hulk Hogan. Did you get the thing? Hulk Hogan, if you're listening, fuck you. I think we should definitely close the Chuck E. Cheese segment by saying, fuck you, Hulk Hogan. Because that's totally tangentially that makes sense. Hulk Hogan. (laughs) All right. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. Guys, guess what? Guess what? 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 What up? Dude, you're not going to believe it. Our friends over at Henry's House of Coffee, they are giving an exclusive discount for listeners of this show. Can you believe it? Henry's House of Coffee? Yeah, Henry's House of Coffee. Discover the taste of tradition. 
For all of our friends, all those weirdos out there, discover the rich taste of tradition with Henry's House of Coffee, a San Francisco-based family business for over three generations. Since 1965, they roast dark, smooth, never-bitter coffee. Visit henryshouseofcoffee.com or download the Henry's House of Coffee app and use promo code WEIRDO. That's W-E-I-R-D-O for a 15% discount on your next order. They ship nationwide. Experience the legacy in every cup with Henry's House of Coffee. Coffee for all my friends. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, Stan, I know that you and I share an obsession with Red Dead Redemption 2. And I yeah. think it's time we talk. I think it's time we talk. Okay. I was so, so sad when you guys started talking about Red Dead without me. I made these guys revisit it because I love Red Dead Redemption. Hey, we... I have no problem with this. We, were, we have an old record we were waiting for you. I know. And now, I, and now I'm, I'm bringing it back. Bringing it back. Nice. Okay, so... Just so the listener is aware, so I'm currently playing Red Dead Redemption 2 for the first time. Um, I Mm -hmm. bought it uh, because it was on sale for Black Friday and it was Stan's recommendation. I said, I need a new game. She said, you have to play this. Uh, Now, I have never played the original Red Dead Redemption. Uh, And as we know, Red Dead Redemption 2 is a prequel to Mm -hmm. Red Dead Redemption. So I'm playing it in chronological order. Mm -hmm. And... I love open world games. I love the open worldliness of this game. Uh, normally, I don't love shooters, but this one I'm particularly fond of because it's a yeah. lot of fun. Um, so it's, this should go without saying, but spoiler, 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 spoilers for Red Dead Redemption 2 if yeah. you have not played it. So, <laughs> Well, I'm trying not to spoil the ending for you. We yeah. do a whole segment. Did you get the thing I sent you without saying spoilers? We do <laughs> this, and you just jump at spoilers. We yeah. we gotta really start planning ahead. Nobody cares about spoiling a John Oliver clip. Nobody brought this up in the production meeting. Where are my agents? I didn't have any peanuts. Oh, poor Rosito. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I'm so, gonna yeah. Rockstar so, Games. Spoilers, spoilers for for most of the game, but you Bailey. Spoilers have to for Rockstar correct? Games. For a game that's <laughs> come last... out like three years ago too. Not to mention. Like... I know. So let me tell you. Let me tell you. So I last night got the big curveball that I was not expecting mm-hmm. uh, during the game. So uh, I uh, ended up doing a mission with Dutch where you go to rob a bank and it ex- there's a long sequence of fighting people off and cutscenes and a capsizing boat. And now I am on the island of Guarma and I don't have any <laughs> of my shit. Oh, and I invested, so, I invested so much time in getting like the crafting and the talismans and getting all the guns and building up Mm -hmm. all my shit and doing all the side missions and like, you know, stealing horse wagons and fencing them off, you know, (laughs) and, and now I don't know what the fuck to do. I'm stranded on an Island with none of my shit. Uh, You know, it's a miracle that he's alive. And I know that there's much more story of this. I mean, from a storytelling perspective, I'm loving where the game is at right now. It's a great Mm -hmm. adventure, but Part of me, my, my gamer side is like, 
Oh, god damn, am I glad I have an old save file back in Cowboy World so I can go back and do stuff if I want mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. But, wow, like, now I'm worried that I'm not going to get back there. I'm worried that that is mm-hmm. lost to me, and I, I'm sure that'll come up. Uh, but, oh my god, do I love this game. It's the cinematics cool. of this game, the look and feel of it is just brilliant. I'll tell you, can I tell you one of my favorite scenes in the game is um, when you're in Saint-Denis and there is an art show and you go and it's high society people at the art show, but you're the Mm -hmm. rough and tumble cowboy who walks into the art show. And then (laughs) the patrons of the art gallery show start seeing people from around the town portrayed in nudes and then they're saying how could you paint my husband like that how could you paint my wife like how could you pose like that and a fight breaks out between the high society <laughs> folks and you the rough and tumble comic are just standing there like what the hell is wrong with these people that to me is one of my favorite bits of storytelling within uh red dead redemption uh, could i tell I you my love that my favorite bit yeah please well please. I've, got, I've got two um that i always love to quote First off, of course, is Lenny. Oh, Lenny. Lenny, where'd you go, Lenny? That has got to be one of my favorite Lenny. levels of all time is playing drunk Arthur Morgan. And, like, yes. the props are misspelled and, like, backwards <laughs> and shit. Like, that yeah. is probably one of my favorite scenes of all time. The gameplay um, on that is great. The other one, and I don't... I You've probably, you've probably ran into him, is... Uh, uh, have you met Gavin? The guy who yells. Oh like, God! I was gonna bring this up. Has anybody <laughs> seen Gavin? Have has anybody seen Gavin? <laughs> we I never found Gavin. I found that guy looking for Gavin all over the place. Yeah. Sometimes you just hear him going, "Where's Gavin?" and you can't find him. Like that's my one gripe about the game is sometimes you hear people and the subtitle will come up and but you can't locate where they are. You can't actually see them. That's that. Yeah, the, there are some heavy Easter eggs that, uh, if you want me to spoil, I can spoil a couple um, of Easter eggs for you. Um, like, uh, is there know. a way to find Gavin? Do we get resolution on Gavin? That's that's my big one. Has anybody seen Gavin? Honestly, uh, I believe there is evidence that. Gavin, that the guy is crazy, and Gavin is actually a figment of his imagination. I kind of love that. That's a great take. Yeah, I think there's a letter that clarifies, like, Gavin died a long time ago, and he's just been fucking losing it, trying to find Gavin all these years. Like, let me me ask you this. Have you come across uh, the Vampire Sandini? The Vampire of Sandini? There's a vampire? There's a motherfucking vampire in San Denis. Holy shit. No, I did not yeah, come dude. across that. Oh. Like, I did come across the weird, the weird like, hanging mm-hmm. of bodies in random places, like some killer sending a message that I still haven't oh, quite figured yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. there was that, that one. There's a couple of those, actually. Like, um... There, did you... Oh, did you come across the, um, the, like, twins? Or, not the twins, the, like, brother-sister... Like hillbillies, Thomas. Has I don't a point to recall. Make. Yeah, I don't recall brothers okay. sister hillbillies. <laughs> Thomas, Thomas, did you have a point to make? I, I don't have a point to make. I, I had a question. Yes. Um, just so for context, I, I had done a little bit of looking, and uh, 
I thought I played this game, but I think I might have played the first one a little bit way back when. So first one was from 2010. Mm-hmm. This one's from yeah. 2018. They went immediately into development. Rockstar Games did. And they spent eight years, and it was one of the most expensive games to make Absolutely. at that time <clears throat> ever. Um, and the third one's coming out. And, I, and the third what? one's about to come out. Wait, wait, uh, what? Yeah, they're making yeah, a third one. Like, it's going to come out, I think, next year. I think it's coming out next year, but it's going to be set during the California Gold Rush. For real? How am I just finding out about this now? Oh, my God. Sorry, go ahead. So, so open world, um, I believe Red Dead 2, Red Dead Redemption 2 has the um, online gameplay where mm-hmm. you can play with... Uh, whoever else is signed into the world at that time. Have you done uh, any tell of that, me, Stan, the online stuff? Tell, tell me about I, this. So I didn't really, I, I didn't really, I don't do online stuff very often, so I didn't really get into it. I tried it out one time, um, and, I mean, you can basically just kind of either exist. I, I think the whole point of it is to try to, like, team up with people, and there might be just a little bit of a narrative of like a, a level that you have to complete. But honestly, from what I understand, it's just people hanging out in the game. <laughs> I don't love that. Yeah, for me, yeah. online gaming online gaming is something I do very little of. Because to me, gaming is kind of a personal thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I miss is the era of... Instead of having multiplayer games online, I miss the era of being a kid, and if you wanted to play a game together with somebody, you'd like go over to your friend's house after school and you'd play the right. game together. Like the social element of that, I think, is a little bit lost. We only get yeah, that with party games like Mario Kart and stuff like that now. You know, there's just not enough co- couch co-op games. Like this is something that Tim and I always yeah. come across. Uh, my husband. And By the way, you guys can come over and play Mario Kart anytime you want. Anytime you want. Mario Kart sometimes, uh, sometimes I get a little mad at Mario Kart. I'm not yeah. gonna lie, I have had nightmares about Rainbow Road. No joke. Oh, everyone has. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, if, like those, if you're a human you're being on Earth driving. and you don't have some, some Rainbow Road PTSD, there's something wrong with you. You're not really a gamer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, Thomas, I'm, 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 sh- so you actually haven't played Red Dead 2. No, I don't think I have. I'm pretty <gasps> sure I haven't. Oh my gosh! Wow. I mean, you. I I think if you want to get involved in something very big, because uh, I will say it's the, epic. the it's epic. Like the training is like the the whole first level probably takes about ten hours. <laughs> 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 it's one of those games, but it's so much fun to just explore and like see what kind of weird shit they put in these like you know these types of games (laughs) one of my favorite things in the game is the poker minigame and how there's basically like no load time between hands the action is just continuous Um, Mm -hmm. I like the interface for it I love all the little commentary that happens at the table too like there's the one guy who's always care to go a little higher every single time he raises but my favorite is when you're doing the um, the poker game at the railroad station in, like, the hidden room, and they, they get this one uh, hillbilly guy in there, and every time he wins a hand, he goes, 
whore's gonna be walking bow-legged tonight. I'm just like, <laughs> oh my god. That is some of the greatest, like, additional character vocal of all time. Now let me ask you this, Bailey. In all honesty. Okay. Have you accidentally punched your horse? Once. <laughs> Once. Isn't it, isn't it so jarring? <laughs> Like no this. no, what's jarring is when your horse gets killed. Oh, oh yeah, man, no, that's traumatizing. I, I lost a couple horses. Oh, it's traumatizing. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring up yeah. that, but I've there's always this moment where you're either talking to somebody or you're trying to get on your horse because the trigger is the same button for everything. There's always this one moment where you're like doopy doopy doo bah, and just everybody's on you. <laughs> I have you know my favorite accident so many riots. <laughs> my favorite accidental thing in the game is there's the thing where if you're riding your horse alongside like a carriage or another horse, you could jump to the other horse. Uh, and one time up. I was in the one time I was just in the middle of town, it came up and I'm like, I thought it was giving me a command, like it was something I was supposed to do. So I just jumped over. <laughs> Next thing I know, there's a whole shootout. The entire town is trying to kill me. Um, I've died multiple times in that scenario. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was doing what I thought it wanted me to do. It was telling me to jump to the horse. A <laughs> um, little bit of a side tangent, but um, there is a sketch comedy group from New Zealand called Viva La Dirt League. And they got super okay. popular around the time that uh, Red Dead. They're awesome. Oh, they are amazing. If you haven't checked them out definitely do so but uh what kind of put them on the youtube map was they were coming out with these sketches about red dead like right as like a, maybe a month after it came out and the production nice. quality was really good like they were superimposing like the compass and everything uh but i remember <laughs> there was this thing that uh we'd always go just tim and i would yell at each other i'm a witness to this murder because <laughs> there's always like some jerk off in the background you're trying to do something and then there's some guy that witnessed the murder and now you gotta chase him down it's a whole yep. thing <laughs> no witnesses nope can't have any witnesses. absolutely no witnesses are, are you going for a good reputation or a bad reputation i'm going for survival um yeah, which taylor I, I swift album are you playing red dead redemption to accomplish <laughs> <laughs> What's my Red Dead era? I don't know. Man, What's your Red Dead era? <laughs> I guess red. I guess it would be red, right? If I'm picking a, a Taylor Swift album, uh, there we go. My Red Dead would be red. Well, now I'm really going to piss people off. I don't know what's what. <laughs> and yet you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> It felt topical. I gave that man directions and I didn't even know the way. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted help. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you, the thing that I do love in, in Red Dead mm -hmm. is uh, because it's set right after the Civil War, the number of racists you get to kill in this game is very satisfying. Oh, so um, many. I... Oh my god, when the when the clan rallies that you can shoot up are happening, man, there's nothing better than throwing a fire bottle into a crowd of hooded white supremacists and watching them burn. Oh man, I love that. I absolutely love that. Anytime people say racist shit. 
Well, there's the guy in Saint-Denis who's, who's selling the booklet, who's the eugenics enthusiast. Every time I go by, I punch him in the face. <laughs> oh, yeah. I never no hesitation. I, that. I should do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can shove him up against the wall and punch him in the face. It's great. It's great. Uh, you know, yeah, the amount of, like, damage you get to do to, to racists in that game is very, very gratifying. <laughs> now, uh, I'll ask you this, Bale. Um, are, after, after playing this, do you think you're going to play the next, the, the first one? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. But it's going to take some time. This game yeah. is going to take me a while. And oh, yeah. I sort of... I, I tend to be fairly completionist when it comes to my games, so I'm probably going to play through and unlock a lot of stuff on that, get my side quests. If I can go back and replay missions and get more stuff, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. I quite, I don't quite know how this game wraps up, um, but we'll, we'll get to that. But I'll probably have another game between Red Dead 2 and the original Red Dead, sure. just because I'll need a palate cleanser. You know, sure. I got to look at my uh, calendar of games coming out, but that's something that, yeah. Um, I'm so glad yeah, you recommended say, this game to me. You're welcome. And I will say the first one, the narrative is a little bit more linear, I feel like. Like, uh, the, okay. the, the this one has a little bit more, like, A to, you know, A to B to C. Um, the first one, it kind of just... <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like the story's structured a little bit differently, so don't be thrown off by that. Okay. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. It is yeah. it is still it still holds up. I mean, I played it right before Red Dead 2 came out cuz I was like, "Ooh, shiny and pretty." Um uh but really the I I feel like the first one holds up. Like Yeah, I actually and, and some mechanics. It's rare that I will replay an original game before the sequel comes out, but I did that with uh, Jedi Fallen Order before Jedi Survivor came out. Uh, mm. Fallen Order was one of my favorite Star Wars games ever, and I think Jedi Survivor is actually even better. Uh, but those those are two of my favorite uh, games, and there's going to be a third one in that series too eventually. Those were really awesome. I'm so glad that those were awesome considering how bad the uh the game before where you like fought just like the as as the fighter jets you just kept going it what was it battlefront that that game was awful yeah. and then the fallen uh jedi those are awesome jedi fallen order. i'm so glad yeah jedi fallen order yeah those two were really fun to play through so thomas what's it gonna take to get you to play red dead 2 Oh, I'll play it. Uh, it sounds good. I just have to have the time for it. It's yeah. funny when you when you brought up Viva the Dirt. They they did a series on a game that I really like uh, as well, which is why they ended up in my um, peripherals. Um, but they do a series on uh, Dead by Daylight spoofs. Mm -hmm. That's hilar hilarious. They do a really um, good one. And honestly, their PUBG stuff. I don't play PUBG, but their PUBG stuff is hilarious <laughs> i agree they also do just kind of generic um like scenario videos for mm. like the at work and uh boss who's just super inappropriate and shit like that super the, funny the board series yeah like anybody who's ever worked in retail or customer service has uh -huh. like you 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 come for the red dead or the video game stuff you stay for the board you, you stay for the board <laughs> Have you seen any of that, Bales? 
Do you know? What no, we're no, about? I got to look this up. This is all new stuff to me. Yeah, so that's definitely. That'd be a good rabbit hole for me to run down. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's a palate cleanser. <laughs> nice. What's the uh, what's the biggest dollar value of a bounty you had built up? Ooh, um, I mean, I got a. <clears throat> I, I usually try to pay off my bounties just because it's super annoying to have everybody yeah. chasing you, but I think I got up to like six six hundred, six fifty? No, no. Good for you. No, maybe it was like twelve hundred. Oh wow. Nice. Yeah, I think nice. I think I got up to like twelve hundred one time, but I was also like hunting down treasures, so I was able to pay it off. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any tips for fishing? Because I've been getting really frustrated with the fishing in that game. You guys, do you can this is a whole episode's worth. I fucking hate fishing in video games so much. Okay. Every fucking game has fishing in it. Wait, you even hated an Animal Crossing? <laughs> Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, fucking Far Cry. Everything has to have fucking fishing in it. I played none of those and I'm not interested in fishing in my video games. I don't want to go real fishing. Why do I want to video game fish? They even, they do a bit about it in Viva La Dirt League, even. Nice. <laughs> there's there's a fishing minigame sketch about it. Like, they I don't know. It. It's it's one of those, I, I saw some uh, YouTube thing about, like, how it's helpful to break up. They, they put it in so many games because it's helpful to, like, take a break from main storylines. It's an easy way to do it. But I'm just like, I'm so sick of the fishing minigame. The you, fishing you know in what, Animal though? Crossing is soothing because it's easy. But in other games, yeah, like, uh, I, if, if, I'm not a big fan of fishing in video games unless it's uh, Animal Crossing or Legend of Zelda. Otherwise, I'm not interested in the fishing. And even Zelda gets on my nerves with that one. You, you, there's other versions of quote-unquote fishing, too. Like, The Last of Us was an amazing game. Last of Us Part Two was so awesome. Why the fuck do I have to play the, Do I have to play the guitar? You, you play the song <laughs> nice. through... Like, and then you move on. There's no point. Where's the skip button for this? Oh I my am. God. I'll, my my version of that is uh, when I was really into Assassin's Creed. There was always a moment in Assassin's Creed where you had to leave the an, uh, the animus and check your fucking emails. I'm just like, I want to jump off of buildings and stab guys. Why do I have to check my emails now? Ah. This is bullshit. <laughs> Why can't I why? just... Why? for Assassin's Creed, by the way. <laughs> right? Why, why, why is there emails when I'm surrounded by desert sand? Right. Exactly. What? <laughs> why do I have to get out of... I don't care about this part. Just let me fucking play around and, like, eagle-eye shit. Let me cook! Was game that was... <laughs> I, Assassin's Creed was a game that I never needed to finish. I just never. No. It was, was diminishing uh, returns, but I feel like that's uh, Ubisoft in general. Yeah, well, and then like I tried so many different versions of it too, and then it ends up being the same. And I'm like, oh, of course it's the same. Why it's the same? Why is it? Why wouldn't it be the same? And then the next one comes out, and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe we'll try the pirate version. Fucking no, that I mean, yeah, sad. Ubisoft series. is really upsetting with how just blatant they are with just repackaging the same game over and over again like the only i will say 
the best Far Cry I ever played was the, like, Red Dragon Far Cry. It was a DLC off of, like, 4, I think. Either 3 or 4. And it just made fun of the fact that it was just repackaging. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, self-aware? It was, it was entirely self-aware. It was the best time. <laughs> I like to hear about this bounty system, though, from uh, the Red Dead Redemption 2 game, because that makes sense that they would have uh, that like that that type of system worked out well, because they had it in Grand Theft Auto, all of the well, Grand Theft Auto games. Didn't they have it in the first Red Dead game? I thought I remember having I, it. I, I, I vaguely remember that from trying out the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've like you know they had GTA Five is like one of the biggest games that has ever been mm-hmm. um, as well, and mm-hmm. they've just had so many of their games in both of these series. But that series just has more releases. Um, they've worked out like the bounty system in essence and being able to like tier as it were tier what the chase you receive is like when you got one star two star three star four star five stars now you got the entire army after you like it, mm-hmm. it gets wild so I'm, I'm i'm curious what the like level of chase is for this western video game and its bounty system now They'll come at you from out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean it. It kind of depends how bad of how bad you're doing or what what you are doing in order for somebody to like witness you. Because basically, if you can take the witness out before they get to the cops, you don't you don't have a bail at all, right? I haven't played it in a little while, but I think that's how it works. Um, Ooh. Yeah. So you. Can I had go the whole kill you're fucking outlaws. Oh yeah. yeah. And and you have a reputation meter in the game too. You um do. I uh so if you like do more good deeds, people are nicer to you in town. If you do more bad deeds, uh you can I think you might be able to like unlock some stuff with like the underbelly people, but mostly people just like avoid you and whatnot. Good to know. Um, I could unlo- I want to go unlock some more stuff. Yeah. Um okay, Bailey, I'll spoil one thing for you. You're you're gonna you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. You'll you'll get off the okay. island. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Good. I'm sorry. Good. I, I I feel like I feel like you were really worried. Like you weren't. You're. It's it's. That he needed thing. that. Okay. It's that thing. It's that level that it's always like. Uh, we're gonna take away all of your power ups and make you play still. Um. So don't worry, Bailey. You'll be fine. Okay. Make sure to okay. shoot all of the. Make sure to get a, an iguana for your pelts. BT dubs. Okay. Don't duly noted. What? Okay. Oh, oh, girl. There's a subculture of hunting in this game. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, basically how Girlfriend Review said it, uh, you gotta uh, get a bunch of leather so you can have the fiercest purse available. Okay. And let me tell you, you want that upgrade. You want that perfect pelt for those purses because that's going to give you some upgrades. (laughs) Nice. So I need a peaceful, perfect pelt purses yeah no you gotta get the perfect 
What were you saying, Bailey? You asked a question. So I got to get a perfect iguana? Well, I mean, I, I, I believe one of the upgrades... Well, because I think once you complete all of them, it unlocks the final recipe, and I'm pretty sure iguana is one of them. Okay. So, but it has to... But all, I think all the pelts have to be perfect in order for the upgrades yeah. for the... Yeah. So make sure to get make sure to get that perfect pelt. <laughs> Man, I gotta tell you, when you get attacked by wolves and cougars and crazy wildlife like that, they come from out of nowhere. And Love you better them. shoot them or you're done. Do you know how many times I got taken out by a cougar? Just oh. trying to get a fucking cougar pelt? Like being on the hunt for a cougar and it just comes out of fucking nowhere. Take that whole cougar audio out of context. Oh, man. <laughs> Sounds like high school. Right? Ow! <laughs> Not for me, but, you know, somebody. Well, I was going to ask you, Bailey, are you more of like... Well, you kind of you kind of touched on this. You're, you're, you're a completionist at a heart, so you, you like to wander around and try to do all the things yeah but i also recognize that some things aren't going to happen there will be certain ones i'm just not going to get that is totally fair that game is massive (laughs) yeah and i'm really enjoying it and again yeah i'm so glad you recommended it to me because it's it's been the the kind of time consuming thing i really need it's so deep and rich (laughs) and i just love it one of my one of my favorite things um is a I mean, like, if I'm really heavily playing it, I'll, you know, like, talk to Tim in a, a southern accent, uh, in my Arthur Morgan. But also, um, how, have you noticed how, how much of a relationship he has with his horse? Like, yes, girl, girl, girl. you're a good girl. Come here, girl. Come here, <laughs> Come here girl. girl. Come here, girl. <laughs> Some, yeah. Somehow, with all of the girl, it's like just a little... Little weird, but all the boy voiceover stuff is fine. It's really funny. Mary boy. <laughs> By the way, much like in Ghost of Tsushima, yes, I pet all the dogs. You have to. Yeah, you pet Get all the dogs. Get to. Get to. Yeah. I keep being friendly and greeting the cats, but I've yet to be able to pet a cat. I don't know if you can actually pet a cat in the game. I want to say I petted a cat in San Denis, but now I can't remember. Oh, you can pet cats in the Harry Potter game. Is that is that worth checking out? In the in the Hogwarts game, I I got it a super long time ago, and I recently played a little bit of it to begin with, and it's pretty fun. And you can pet cats. Okay. And do magic. Basically, that's your real life, though, Stan. Yeah, exactly. What's the replayability value? Of it once you're said and done. Uh, I I mean I've replayed it several times just because it's so massive. But I also try to set new goals for myself. Um, it's truthfully it's a little it's a, y- y- you may need to you may need to like process the ending a little bit. I'll say I'll just tell you that much. Okay. Um, it's noted. I don't, I don't want to spoil too much, but a little bit of a gut punch. Okay. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that gut punch. In fact, I'm ready to go play right now. Um, any any closing thoughts on Red Dead before I go fire up my PlayStation and, and, and kiss you all goodbye? Uh, get, get her going there, Arthur. Go get that perfect pill.
All right. <laughs> All right. Well, then I'm, I'm going to close this segment by saying, whore's going to be walking bow-legged tonight. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to call this uh, an episode, I think. And, uh, and we'll be back uh, next week with uh, more weird stuff. And, and thank you all for listening. Thanks. Level